You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. John, but we know him as John the Baptist. He was sent by God. He was human and he was commissioned by God. He had a specific purpose. He had a specific message. The prophet Isaiah tells us of a forerunner of the Messiah, the voice of one calling out in the wilderness. Remember, the loner, the one calling out. This is in Isaiah 40, verse 3. One who was coming in the spirit and power of Elijah, because they know that Elijah must come first. One who would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. God sent John the Baptist to preach repentance and to point people to Jesus. God has also commissioned you to do the same in these dark times. Today, Pastor Dave will be encouraging you to obey the Great Commission and to preach the gospel to those who are lost and to be a light in this dark world. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Man Sent from God. verses of the Gospel of John are known as the prologue or introduction. John introduces many, many different themes, specifically in verses 30 and 31. John writes why he wrote the Gospel. He says in verse 30, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But These are written, in other words, the things that were written in the book that John is writing. They were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and in believing, you may have life in his name. So we have to understand John's premise, why he was penning this. It's his purpose that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then believing you would have life in his name. So in order to help us believe, in order to help his readers, remember who were Gentiles and Jews at the time that John was writing, in order to help his believers to believe that Jesus is indeed the Christ, John is going to produce witness after witness that testify of who Jesus is. That Jesus is the Son of God. The first one on John's list is another man named John. John is the loner. Going back to our movie theme, John is the loner who is crying out. He is a man who is sent by God, and he is a man who is sent by God with a mission. With a mission. So this morning, in these verses that I have before me, I'm going to explore several things that we can figure out about this man. Several things that we need to know about this man. First of all, I want to find out who he is, or who was he. I want to discover what his mission was. And finally, we need to know who he was not. So, 
We're going to look at who he was, what his mission was, and who he was not. Let's look at verse 6 again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, when I first started reading the Gospel of John, when I was first saved, I got very, very confused with all the Johns. It was like, wait, who's he talking about? What's going on here? So it's extremely important for us to figure out who he is talking about here. Now, a couple of things that we'd have to look at. First of all, the Greek word used here for sent is the past tense of the word apostello. Apostello. It means to send forth on a service or with a commission. You might think that that word sounds familiar because it does. It comes from the Greek word apostolos, which means to send with a message. That's where we get our word apostle. But John, that John is speaking of, was not an apostle. But he was indeed sent by God, and he did have a message and a commission that we'll talk about later. So who is this guy? Who is this John? Well, the Bible is the best commentary on itself. And there is passages in the Bible that completely tell us who this John is. And in order to discover that, you need to go back one book to the Gospel of Luke. Go back to the Gospel of Luke, specifically chapter 1 in the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, beginning in chapter 1 and verse 5, we have this long, long story about who this man is. I'll read it to you. We're going to read verses 1 to 25, and then we're going to read verses 57 through 80. It's going to take a little while, but we can get through it. We need to know who this guy is, all right? Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Keep that in mind. Zacharias was a priest. Keep that in mind. Of the division of Abijah, his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will make, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And he tells us a little bit about who this John will be and what his mission might be. Remember, this is the angel of the Lord speaking. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, 
How shall I know this? For I am old, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service was completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Turn over to verse 57. We're going to continue now through 80. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day, and they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by his name of the father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have called, and then asking for a tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. And the fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard him kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called prophet of the highest. He's now talking about his boy. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts until the day of his manifestation to Israel. Welcome to John, John the Baptist, as you know him by. John the Baptist. If you read a couple verses before and a couple verses after, you'll find out that John the Baptist had a very interesting cousin. And he was older than this cousin by six months. And his cousin's name was Jesus. Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful story that we probably only read around Christmas time, but I think we need to revisit it from time to time. So his name was given to him, John, but we know him as John the Baptist. He was sent by God. He was human, and he was commissioned by God. He had a specific purpose. He had a specific message. The prophet Isaiah tells us of a forerunner of the Messiah, the voice of one calling out in the wilderness. Remember, the loner, the one calling out. This is in Isaiah 40, verse 3. One who was coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. Because they know that Elijah must come first. One who would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. You can read that in Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. John would be a prophet. He would be the greatest prophet, Jesus would say. The greatest of all prophets. And as a prophet, John would speak to the people on behalf of God. And this is what a prophet does. A prophet brings forth the word of God. This is what John was doing. He was bringing forth the word of God. 
In Luke 1, verse 5, remember, we read that his father was a priest. So John was born into the ministry. And as a priest, John would speak to God on behalf of the people. This is what ministry is. If you ever wondered what ministry is, it's simply speaking to the people about God and speaking to God about the people. That's basically the essence of ministry. The prophetic and the priestly. John the Baptist fulfilled them both. There are those who call John the Baptist the beginning of the New Testament. They call him the beginning of the New Testament. So John was a man. A man who was sent by God. A man with a mission. Which leads us to the question, what was his mission? Look at verse 7 back in the Gospel of John. The man came for a witness. To bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. John was to bear witness of the light. That through him, not John, but through the light, all might believe. This was John's mission. John came as a witness. Witness. The word used here is masteria, meaning to bring forth testimony. The word witness can also mean martyr. It can also mean martyr in the Greek. And we know that later on, John the Baptist is indeed martyred for his faith. This word witness, as I told you, is very, very important to the Apostle John. So important that he uses it 47 times in this book. The witness. Remember his point. Trying to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. John was sent to tell people that the light had come into the world. Why? Because the nation Israel was blinded in spite of their spiritual advantages. The nation Israel was completely blinded. Even though they had the commandments of God. Even though God had chose their forefathers to make this nation. Even though they carried the oracles of God. Even though they were God's people and he was their God. God belonged to them. But they were blinded. They were misguided by their own leaders. They were bound by a law that was so heavy, no one could bear it. And now the light shined into the darkness. And remember what we read last week in verse 5? But darkness didn't comprehend it. Darkness didn't comprehend it. And we will read later on that the darkness liked the light. Or excuse me. Men liked the darkness better than the light. But the light now shone in the darkness. Darkness didn't comprehend it. The nation Israel is blinded to their own Messiah. In a sense, we are all like John. We are all like John the Baptist. We are all bearing witness of the light. The light that was in us. We're going to read later on in John that Jesus is going to say, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. We know in Matthew it says, let your light so shine that men might see your good works and give you a pat on the back. No, it doesn't say that. It says, let your light so shine that men might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's the reason for the light in you. John came and said, there's the light. And he's going to point to him in several occasions. We're bearing witness. We are bearing witness in a darkened world. We live in a very, very dark world. A world that is getting darker by the day. 
darker by the day when you see the atrocities committed by both candidates who want to be our president. When you hear of these things, you should just shudder. It should make us wonder and make us look up and pray, Lord, come quickly. What does a witness do? What does a witness do? I said like John, we're to be witnesses. What does a witness do? Well, a witness just shares what they've experienced. That's all. A witness shares what they experienced. What have you experienced in your life? Jesus Christ. You've experienced what he has done in your life. You experienced the old life, and now because of Jesus Christ, you're experiencing the new life. What was once old is now new. What was once dead is now alive. And you experience that. And you tell people that. This is it. This is what I know. For that's all we can we tell them. I can tell them my story. And some of you have great stories. Some of you have stories that are better than mine. But I can't tell your story. Because it's your story. But you can tell your story. And the day before Thanksgiving, on Wednesday night, we always have a testimony night. A time when we can get up and give testimony. And I invite you all here to share your story. To share your stories of what God's done and what God is doing. You share personally what Jesus Christ has done in your life. I have people who come and tell me, I can't be a witness. I don't know what to share. Share what God has done in you. Share what God has done in you. You once were this, and now you're this. And this is the evidence. I'm not, not, not what I was. I'm not what I should be. I'm sure not what I'm going to be. Because that's going to be glorious. The world is dark. The world is blinded. Mainly because of religion. The world is blinded because of religion and the traditions of man. We're blinded. Share the experience. That's your witness. I don't care how many Bible verses you know. I don't care how much knowledge you have of doctrine. But the more you know about Jesus and the more you're submitted to the Holy Spirit. Notice one thing, folks. Zacharias and John the Baptist had something in common. They both were filled with the Holy Spirit. Each of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The more you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more your witness will have power. The more your witness will go forth with great power. Because that is one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit was given to us. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost portions of the world. Tell people what God has done in our lives. Notice what it doesn't say. Notice what it doesn't say. Jesus didn't say, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you argue the snot out of them. You debate with them as if nobody ever debated before. You run up there and you convince them by shaking them by their collar. doesn't say that at all. It says, share the truth with them. Share the truth with them. Your Bible should not have head dents in it from beating people over the head with it. You should not have head dens in your Bible. Like John the Baptist, our job is to share the truth, the truth of Jesus as best we can. It's not up to us to make people understand. 
John didn't want to make people understand. He just gave them the message. This is the message. Here it is. Witnessing is not confrontation. Witnessing is not argumentative. argumentative, And it's not applying pressure. It's simply telling the truth about who Jesus is, why he came, why everyone needs to have him as their savior. We should find great pleasure in sharing the word of God, sharing the Lord with people and what he's done in our lives, what he's currently doing in our lives, and how he's going to come and take us all home, what he yet will do. Great pleasure. At the end of verse 7, it says that all through him might believe. All through Jesus might believe. This is the reason for John's witness. People believing in Jesus, Messiah, Savior, our rock, our redeemer. We just sang that. Men believing that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Men believing that he is who he said he is. And he came to do what he said he did. Take away our sins. Cleanse us. Restore us back to the Father. Restore us back to God. It was God's plan. God's plan. You know in 2 Peter 3.9 what it says, God is not willing that any should perish. God's not willing that anybody should perish, but all would come to repentance. All would come to the knowledge of the truth. This is God's heart desires. You read this and you're looking into the heart of God. You're looking into the very heart of God. It's God's desire that none would perish. Not one. Wow. <laughs> Think of that person that just bugs the living snot out of you right now. Think of that person that is so irritating you. Every time you're by them, you wish you had a fly swatter. So you could... We all have those people in your life. Who knows? I could be that for you. I don't know. Think of the person. Think of the person that bugs you the most. Well, guess what, folks? Our God is madly in love with that person. To the point of sending his son to die on a cruel Roman cross. That's how much he was madly in love with that person. In fact, he's just as madly in love with that person as he is with you. He loved us so much that he would allow his own son, his own beloved son, to come to earth as a man, to experience our pains, to experience our weaknesses, to suffer at our hands, and to take upon himself the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, dying on a cruel Roman cross. If that does not prove the love of God, then nothing I say will ever prove it. You know Romans 5, verse 8. God demonstrated his love for us that while we're yet sinners, Jesus died on the cross. That explains it right there. John came to be a witness of the light, the light that shined brightly in the darkened world. John came to be a witness so that all might believe. Listen to what the great Matthew Henry said about John the Baptist. Quote, he taught men to look through him and pass through him to Christ. Though the doctrine of repentance, through the doctrine of repentance to that of faith in Christ. He prepared men for the reception and entertainment of Christ and his gospel by awakening them to a sight and sense of sin and that their eyes being thereby open, they might be ready to admit those beams of divine light which in the person and the doctrine of Messiah were now ready to shine in their faces. Unquote. John was truly sent by God. He was truly sent with a mission. You are a sure 
Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.